0: all right guys what is happening we're back again another episode the off track experience podcast on this one i get to sit down with an absolute legend that is reese ellis um now i didn't know reese that well before doing this but when i got to medina everyone was telling me i need to talk to this guy he's an absolute legend and um he's the event manager for for medina so he, he organized the uh the enduro the first week and then the national champs the weekend after and did an absolute killer job and just an all round good dude just got a lot of good energy just real positive and just yeah gets the job done so it was real cool to meet up with him and then by the end of the uh the two weeks pretty good friends with him now so really cool experience and um absolute legend we go into his like pass in the in the free ride scene and even into his coaching and injuries and kind of how it kind of led him to get to Medina and now what he's doing and like the future plans for what's going to happen there so it was really cool to sit down with him and have a chat and even the coaching he's done and just yeah he's he's definitely a driven person that gets <laughs> gets the job done so it was really cool to get his perspective on uh what's to come in maydena and just the, the all-round gist of what he's doing so it was really good um before we get into it I'd like to thank the sponsors There's always bluegrass helmets for for hooking it up uh shingle back as well for for getting behind it they're going to have hopefully a code for me soon. I think they get, they're get they still over in Tassie actually just traveling around, so when they get back, we'll sort that out. Uh, Crush for giving us a booth to actually record the podcast in. Again, you can hear some background noise, but I think that's just all part of it. Um, and also 7-4-Works, uh, Mitch Smith, the guy that does, he actually coded my small gambler frame. He's getting behind it as well, so absolute legend. So if you need custom parts done, springs, frames, anything like that, get on Instagram and go 7-4-Works and, yeah, he'll be able to sort it out, so, yeah. Cheers, guys, and enjoy the podcast. What's it called? The dodgeball, you know? Well, yeah, dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> the, I just the, want, the dodgeball. I just want to spectate now and just be like, okay, like I want to watch a sporting game where we can just be the guys that just talk absolute shit about it.
1: Yeah, you do feel really official in the booth with the mics, where you could just watch cricket. And I then. reckon we
0: could just set up a halfway up the track and just be like, okay, let's just watch people come down. We should just go in the rock garden. <laughs> That's a bold move, Carton. He's <laughs> going inside, <laughs> watching people cartwheeled. Unbelievable! Yeah, we'll see how it pays off. Yeah,
1: fire road section would be good too. Just watching people come off the road gap and near near death on some
0: of the <laughs> jumps. <laughs> <You're pretty laughs> just sorry. the last jump. We got a generator. We can go. We can take this anywhere. It's good to go. I think we should give it a crack. We should. Mm. But yeah, we're here with uh, it's Reese Alice, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Why is your Instagram not resellers? Do you have uh, a few girls chasing you and just like, you <laughs> need you need a... You need a... <laughs> I wish it was that.
1: Um, no, it's like, you know, when you make your first MSN messenger email when you're yeah. a kid and then it just stays forever, like yeah. way longer than it was supposed to. My brother used to call me Ricardo when I was little. Yeah. And then... it. We, when Instagram came out, I just never expected it to be as big as it was, and I made a silly Instagram handle, and then it stuck. It just stuck, and now I can't get rid of it, and people call me Reese Carter, so I, I don't know. That's I'm Dinos it.
0: Machinos, so yeah, yeah. I can't. I'm, yeah, I know the pain. What, well, was, your, what was your first email address?
1: Uh, I think it was I've either gone snow or bike, and it was like snow underscore alice eight at hotmail dot That's not
0: too bad. That's you could run that now, and people be like, oh, it's fine. Maybe his first name snow.
1: Yeah, could be worse. Where you have like princess fairy four five nine four nine. Yeah,
0: sixty nine. Yeah, mine was Medina yeah, underscore Dino. So was yeah, like, Dino. Yeah, 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 me, yeah me. No, There's no sixty nine. <laughs> um, anyway, so Reese Alice, you're the event manager here or event organizer, and everything. You've got this Maydina... Well, you've done the enduro first, which was last week, and now you've gone straight from that straight into the national championships. And I just guess, like, what like, people would see all, uh, I guess, the finished product of this, but obviously there's so much behind the scenes, with not just, like, tracks, preparation, everything. And, like, what do you think probably the hardest thing is trying to organize, especially two events back-to-back? Like, you don't really get time to, <laughs> just to sleep, let alone do a podcast, but we're deep in the middle of it now. But what do you think the biggest thing that you've kind of been having to deal with getting this happening?
1: Well, well, the biggest thing, obviously, at this current climate was catering to COVID and the uncertainty around it. Like, you, if you know an event's going to be huge, you can put in the preparation and get the people and hire it based on big numbers. But this one was really tough because, A, we weren't sure it was actually going to happen. B, you don't know how big it's going to be when people are feeling a little bit uncertain about travel, a little bit, you know, they can't afford to get put in lockdown for two weeks on their way back. So we didn't know what it was going to be like. Luckily, Mm. it's huge, and tons of people are here, and it's awesome, but it's uh, that unpredictability that was the struggle for this one, for sure.
0: I talked to Baxter as well, because he said when you guys were making the track, they almost, like, not lost motivation, but it was almost that, like, are we even doing, like, obviously, you've got to build the track anyway, but there was, in the the back of their minds, are like, are we building, are we rushing to build this for no reason? And then it kind of, I guess, you made the call, or Frenchie, or someone made the call, like, nah, it's happening, let's go, and then it was just, like, all systems go.
1: Yeah, it was a combination of things. It was Frenchie and I speaking with our cycling, watching the borders because you'd see something closed, something open, something closed, and you'd be like, "Ah, God!" But eventually, like shortly after the new year, we were like, nah, we just have to go ahead, like yeah. we're going ahead, or else we're never going to get it done." And we just we have to get it done.
0: Well, I think like in, like you say, this climate of like change, it's like if you second guessed everything that came up, you wouldn't do anything. Like you'd almost be frozen in just like well. We can't do anything, but then, like you said, it can go the right way. Like you guys were hit and miss like two weeks ago. Like Victoria was in lockdown, so it's just like if that if 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 they if we stayed in lockdown, you just would have canned it. Hey, there wouldn't have been.
1: Well, particularly with it being Victoria, because how many people have to ferry through there to get to Tassie? Yeah, was it was a real. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, hug head on shoulders, just being like, oh, God. But, yep. um, yeah, that was a it was a make-or-break thing, and luckily they handled it well, and then we were just like, hey, sweet. Let's do good. it. Mm-hmm. And what's
0: the, and what's been probably the biggest difference from, like, going from the enduro to then the downhill? Because the enduro, obviously, I don't know, it seems a lot harder because you've got a lot more moving parts in a way, Like, it, but then, obviously, you've got XC. Cause do you have much to do with all the XC stuff and everything like that, or are you just more or less focused on your, like... The downhill, or do you set like spread that out between the team, or like Oz Cycling? How does it all kind of go ahead?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Well, this is my first time working directly with Oz Cycling on this scale, and they've been really great about owning that, like Rego um logistic side of actually timing the event and putting on those xc races which for me was a, a breath of fresh air because that's not really my area of expertise As yeah. you can probably guess <laughs> i don't like ripping up hills that much um, i can see you in
0: some lycra <laughs> i thought you when you said getting changed i was like oh it's coming out it's coming out
1: yeah i'm gonna go do my xcc crit after
0: this. <laughs> would you do like the um the e-bike one
1: Oh man, I did a, a course sweep on the e bike the other day. It was so fun. I was
0: yeah. like, the XC course was so rad on the e bike. I was yeah. like, I should do it. That's what Carlson year. was saying. He was trying to convince me, and yeah. I just, my brakes weren't working on my bike, and I need to do I know, excuses, excuses, <laughs> but I thought about it. I was like, I, I'd actually, I'd definitely give it a crack. I reckon it'd be a good time.
1: Next year, we'll do it. We'll all do it.
0: We'll do it. It should be just like a. Um, I don't know, like an all star all stars race. I just people just getting smoked by Josh Carlson. Yeah, beer league race and Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> we should do a thing, you got a skull a beer or something, do like a special stage or something.
1: Dude, I've been thinking about that for my thirtieth birthday so much to do like a six stage enduro where yep. you have to do a six pack each at the top of each descent.
0: Or oh, six pack each.
1: Or like one beer per stage. Per stage. So Oof. it's a six pack per person. Oof, that'd get dangerous, I reckon. Really Me and
0: my friends recently we went riding and then it was like towards it was like in the Arvo and then we're like oh, I'll just have a beer up it and like kind of as the sun was going down Yeah. so we all just had a beer and then we just rode from the top back down and someone drove Pretty much, either all of us crashed or like hit a tree, like brand Like we all rode terribly, and I was just like, "Never again!"
1: Dude, makes you realize why drinking driving is not allowed. Oh, it's, like, yeah, like full uh, Star Wars, like enter. Oh, just warp just, speed.
0: And it's funny because like your perception's just out by like a millimeter, but that's all you need to like clean up a stump or a root <laughs> yeah. or something. So yeah, the track exactly. we rode down, we renamed it "Half a Beer." <laughs> Good call. And then because I don't even think I think we yeah we didn't even have a, like a beer each. We only like, about like half like a beer. Just a couple around. Oh yeah, just sharing sharing mm-hmm. the love. COVID safe Covid safe, <laughs> living in
1: the danger now.
0: oh no it's cool but anyway so you guys have got the, the champs here for three years now
1: two years confirmed at the moment so this year and next year I uh, was yeah it was maybe gonna be three years with changes but um, two years at the moment
0: yeah I don't know what that is
1: I think it's an XE guy
0: with some bad brake rub. Yeah, we're picking up on that. Sorry, to anyone hearing that. Um, <laughs> XE, that's that's why I don't do it. Um, so two, yeah, you've got two years locked in, yep. and then are you guys also looking? I've heard whispers of a Enduro World Series coming here.
1: Whisper, whisper. Uh, yes, it, it, there's discussion of it. Um, Nothing to be talked about officially, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I think with, again, with the changing climate, they're looking at trying to lump some things together, so it is possible, um, but to be confirmed. Well, it
0: makes sense, because obviously Derby's going to be on, I think, 2022, they've they've got a spot, and then it's just like, if you're coming literally as far around the world as you could possibly go, why don't you do more than one race, and why don't you come to arguably the best place to ride in Australia now, so... I yeah. can see lumping, lumping them I think they want to do um, Nelson as well in, in, in New, Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's I don't get that. Even when we've raced downhill, like they come over here for a race, but it's just like race New Zealand, race Australia, like lump stuff together if you've got to travel literally around the world. Teams are bringing riders. Like all the stuff's going to be here. Make it worth your while. That's yeah. like when we'd come race, just say when we race cans, it's just like, oh, and it's funny because all the Europeans complain for like one race one here. Big but travel. It's, oh, but like we'll we'll go to France like once a year just for a week or two mm-hmm. weeks, maybe do a team camp or whatever. So it's just like make it worthwhile if you're going to put that much money in. So that'd be cool. And you guys have got the venue for sure.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, and that's that's exactly right. It makes sense to lump some things together. It's always blown my mind that New Zealand and Australia don't have like an Oceania series for downhill or something yeah. because it's huge there. It's huge here. Everyone's so into it. The scene's amazing. Mm. But um, yeah, everyone sort of does their own thing a bit. Like,
0: be so yeah. sick. Yeah, we should together. join Yeah, join together. Well, yeah. maybe, I don't know, now that if like, well, it all depends on travel, but you th- see like how they look, they want to open up that travel bubble to New Zealand. Yeah. It's like that would be such a good opportunity to actually like just push it in our sector of the world. Cause yeah. Because it's like we've, we've got like half, half the top the top twenty are from was in New Zealand, yeah. And we're that's just right. like oh, yeah. That's but that's I think even just I was talking to Baxter. Like the downhill track here is something that I feel like is gonna just just that is gonna spark people's like that's how good something can be done, and it's like and it's just the start. So obviously it's gonna grow from there, and it's like I I keep telling people like that's the closest thing to a World Cup track I've ever ridden in Australia. Like. Perfect. Something like that, even just how the air finishes, there's there's atmosphere you could build around that. If you had if it would just say Red Bull was here filming it, you've got camera spots everywhere, you can oh it just it all it felt like I was at a World Cup again. Even riding it, I was with some younger guys that um haven't ridden World Cups or anything, and they're like, Oh, I don't know where I'm gonna go, I'm so nervous it's gonna change. And I was like, that's what we need, mm-hmm. because that's what they'll get when they go to a World Cup, and if they haven't had experience Le- like learning that and going through that. They get to a World Cup and they'll freak out and puzzle and then they'll crash. And that's what happens to so many Aussies. And they're totally. like, where's the... W-? then people are like, oh, why aren't the juniors doing well? I'm like, because they've got nothing to prepare them for what is in store when they do go away. Well, that's so, right.
1: And it's two it's sides of it, right? It's like getting the talent and the skill to do it, but then the right race experience and race practice. Mm. Practice racing well to yeah. be able to get to that level and then perform. So that was a huge part of this track build as well. Was that we're like we we want people to leave after this year and then be like, oh, I can go to Medina now and have like an awesome off season place. Like because the World Cup season is obviously opposite to the Australian summer. Yeah. So to be able to have an off season downhill track where they could just come, do shuttles, fairly undisturbed. Like it's not. It's not out of control out here you know like no. it's pretty quiet and there's no distractions <laughs> yeah there's not a
0: lot of distractions <laughs> that's it but that's my plan now like i was i was saying that i'd come over here for like two weeks in my van just camp out and just just ride ride flat out like it's perfect training ground like you say it's not really distractions you come here to do like my job pretty much and then get out of here and go overseas and you've, you've actually prepared for that like and i guess that's i really hope you guys are a pushing factor like well you yeah, you obviously are but like even for me like when i go back to bright i want to try and build a new downhill track there because the one that they've got for national champs is getting logged and yeah. just coming here and seeing what you guys have done has like sparked a thing it's like okay this is how we need to do it and then try and like get people behind that idea to like to push that forwards because like it's it's not easy to do that like not easy at all like the amount of work that actually goes into it like talking to Baxter's been obviously doing it for years he's got you and Frenchie on board as well but like it's a lot of experience that goes into actually making events like this, tracks like this, all of it to become a thing. And I think people oversee that and think they can do it. But yeah, until you see it done right, you don't realize how bad it kind of is getting done in a way.
1: Well, and I think that's a thing that is like undervalued, um, particularly like Frenchie got, has to get so much credit because like a lot of people don't see the value in a huge investment like that because that's, you know... Tens and tens of thousands of dollars to build that trail in machine time and labor and fuel and et cetera, et cetera.
0: Well, just the years in experience to, to do it. It's like, I always compare it to like, you, you like landscaping or whatever you want to, like, it's painting a picture or like you've got a canvas as the hill. And it's just like, obviously, if you're a better painter or whatever, you've got more experience in painting. And so it's just like, you've, and you've got to just understand how it, the track works, how it flows, erosion, every, like, it's a lot, but we don't have, it's hard to, I guess we don't have like a qualification for track building. It's not like yeah. you go to track building school and that's it's right. funny because I was joking around with someone the other day. and I was like, I'm probably just as good at building tracks as I am at riding because I've been doing them for the same amount of time. And you get to that. And then just racing world cups as well. You've seen what, what can be done. Like it's like, I understand how to ride a track, but if you understand how to ride a track, you also understand how to build a track. So it's like, you need those people that can ride one. And that's why when I heard, like Baxter, uh, Darcy Coots, Dan Booker, I was like, okay, we're good. Yeah. And then and yourself, like, and, and Frenchie, like, we're in good hands.
1: Well, and that was the nice thing about having those guys is they know how to ride a track, but the other side of it is, like, the the business side of it and the sustainability side of it where – you know you can build a track but if it's not built correctly it's not going to last very long Mm. and then you're going to have to build a new track right away so being able to make that investment but no it's a smart investment because it's going to last you'll have that track for years to come yeah having those guys who are trained through the bike park and other trail building businesses and etc it was priceless because then they also can ride but they also understand the other side of it keeping it sustainable and keeping it lasting year after year
0: yeah yeah no that's Mm. awesome to say and what do you like what's I guess, like, grant, like, just, just say, ten, t- five, ten years from now, what, like, what is, what's your, I guess, goal to see Maydina turn into? Because like the way Tazzy's going, it's just like it's gonna be little Whistlers popping up all over the place.
1: <laughs> that's right. Uh, I get that all the time from people like, oh, it just feels like Mini Whistler or like Little Canada. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> awesome because that's like what we want. Is that like. Kind of bike park vibe, and that place is like a one-stop shop where you can come, like, get food and have beers and ride and have a bit of a party, and then go out see some mountains and go for a walk and all those things. And I think that would pretty much be my vision, you know, and uh, our vision for it is that it's like a, a destination, not just sp- for mountain biking, but for like a family or for anyone yeah. where you can come have awesome food, you could come go do some amazing bush walks. you could come ride use the bike park but it's uh, it's all those pieces coming together to make it a, a proper tourism destination yeah.
0: well, that's what we were talking about for like an event like you need everything like you need something for just say like a mum brings her kid here to go to the race and then what's mum going to do while the kid's riding it's like you want them to be able to yeah, go for a walk or go to a shop or like be able to like actually have something there and that's the thing I think that you are seem like you're good at creating is like an atmosphere for everyone to enjoy it's not just like come here because when you go to most races just say mum and dad come kid goes off riding guys, they sit in the pits, do nothing. There's no, there's yeah. nothing for them to do. And I, and I hate that because like, everyone should be entertained or everyone should have something to do. And it's almost like the parents come and the racing's like, yeah, you watch your kid race, but that's like the side bit. It's like you get yeah. get live music, get good food, get a good place, get something to do. And then you see your kid do the jump and you're like, sweet, saw that as well. Everyone, <laughs> yeah. Every, every, yeah, everyone's happy. Like that's the thing. Like appeal to the whole scene or market or whatever, which I think that's what you guys are doing now, which is, is it's cool to see it like actually becoming something, especially with mountain biking booming so much much the way it is big
1: time yeah and that that's been the biggest thing again with the covid stuff is that you now have like every kid and their dog has a mountain bike and they're all into it so you can actually steer into it way more than maybe you could before so it's a really awesome opportunity for the industry to like we got all these new uh, customers or people in the mountain bike community like let's hang on to them by facilitating them and all the bike yeah. destinations yeah
0: latch on them grab them while you can <laughs> yeah totally. now, i'm gonna ask because i don't, I don't know, you know this is a bit i've got no backstory here but someone said ask ask you about your backstory in like free ride and all this stuff i haven't ac- <laughs> i've seen i've seen <laughs> a few photos but i just i've heard there's a cool there's a cool free ride kind of background stuff but i've I'm literally i have no idea so this is this is me just uh, yeah diving into aging it. What, aging me what, what, uh, <laughs> put what, you on the spot
1: <laughs> well i like uh i used to do slope style when i was probably like 16 to 18 kind yeah. of age um probably i think the most embarrassing claim to fame that i have is i was at crankworks colorado when um i don't know if you remember they had that like big rock roll in off this huge drop into like a 180 or yeah, like yeah almost yeah. 270 wall right yeah i was there that year and um, I'd like won some small local slope styles and stuff, and I was like, I'm I'm ready. I'm like, ready for I'm the big time. Go for it! <laughs> and I was so far out of my depth, that I just like fully panicked, and I tried to flip up this wood to wood step up, and like clipped my oh. head on the back oh. of this landing, and fell straight into the pit, and I was just like mortified because it was it was my shot, you know? I was, like, yeah, your thing, yeah. I'm gonna make it, kind of like when you're young and you have that mindset. Um, so it was tremendously embarrassing. I remember it became the background photo and all the bike shops
0: screensavers. Oh, really? Like it was, it was. What a, you clipping your head on? The, yeah,
1: there was a photo of me like mid head case on a back of a woodland. Oh,
0: were you like? Were you okay? I was
1: all good. I had to like get my tongue glued back together and my chin you glued would. back together. Um, but now, like my tongue, I, like
0: I was all I was all good. I just need to get my tongue and my whole head just glued <laughs> just back. Just little together.
1: bits of it. But now my tongue doesn't stick out straight because I bit down on it a lot and that. Oh really? Heels, so it like go down. <laughs> that- straight up.
0: For everyone at home, the tongue's getting poked out and it's going down. Uh, <laughs> so was that just like the, uh, the moment you just like, okay, we can do, we can find something, it. we can find something else, <laughs> else to do now. No, I persevered actually for a little while longer. Um, but eventually,
1: it was probably another one down the track. I like broke my leg in another really stupid situation. I was like working at a bar between seasons in the winter, just like saving money to go to events. Um, I broke my leg really badly because it's, that guy fell on me while we were doing this. When you were, riding. were I was like, I was working the door at a bar. Oh, and really? And this guy fell backwards. And like, there wasn't even a, a fight or I wasn't
0: even doing anything. He, he just, just fell, fell over. He
1: fell back onto me and broke my tib-fib oh.
0: in like three or four places. That is some like <laughs> unlucky of unlucky shit, yeah. dude. <laughs> so so he, just, he just tripped over and then just, you were just the pushing. You, you yeah, the cushion. it was like a crowded
1: area and I was like kind of had... Him in front of me and he fell back onto my lap, kind of. And I like had my foot planted, and then just like my foot planted and my knee kept going. And yeah, that's
0: that's, yeah, that I was at a a falls festival one year, and there was a similar thing to that happened just kind of like not even a mosh, but just the crowd. And we were watching, I can't remember what the band was, but everyone, someone like, it was like a dominoes effect and people got pushed back and then people started to panic and trying to move and people got trampled. Like no one died or anything, but people got like messed up up really bad. And it's like the force of someone actually like, or people landing on that, people people thought they were going to die, screaming and like people stuck. Like it was like, nah. And I just left that spot, I don't know, for whatever reason. I think a friend's like, oh, let's go to another place. So I just, I left and then... Literally just like twenty minutes later or something, however long it was, it was like this. Just ambulances coming in and people. So, Gnarly. yeah. But that's I was great. I was all good. But yeah, that's, that's unlucky that the, the big guy got you. Yeah, the Did big guy. Did he buy your me. beer or something afterwards, or was it just like sorry, mate? Thanks <laughs> he, for the cushion. <laughs> he actually
1: didn't. He just was like, well, limbs is the brakes. I don't know and just carried on just kept doing him yeah yeah just kept cruising so Uh,
0: did you you quit that job
1: (laughs) well I left that job and then um that's kind of how all this ended up happening was that from then I I was like super devastated and I was like ah like my dreams are shattered basically like again teen like young person um so I was like I'll go to university um and then I had a yeah I had a basically a family friend who was just a legend and her name was Jody and she just went dude don't be stupid like you can still try to be a mountain biker and go to school at the same time biking's in the summer school's in the winter like you're being dumb yeah just go get an education she, she, yeah she spoke some sense yeah <laughs> she spoke like a yeah some adult sense to me and I was like cool that yeah not a bad idea <laughs> yeah. like, let me do the math <laughs> yeah that checks out <laughs> yeah but then I just started coaching and then uh, I had like a junior race team and yeah. that's I didn't hadn't raced at all oh really and then I was these kids wanted to race so I was like sweet I'll take you some races started racing a little bit with them is this and this is when you've moved to australia or is this still in that was still in canada Still in canada yeah. yeah so i was i was doing that i ended up coaching a lot and then throughout that period it just like started training coaches and then i worked for a company called pmbi coming back yes. and forth between whistler and australia and new zealand training other instructors and then from that met frenchy and then ended up helping start this place yeah so it's just been a
0: so the the fat guy falling on you, breaking your leg was kind of like the catalyst to this happening. Yeah. It's funny how it looks like such a negative at one point, but then when it kind of... I always tell people like bad things don't happen, things just happen and what you create out of that thing is, is can be, it can be whatever you want, but it's just like saying it's a bad... I always say to people, you've got to wait for the whole situation to play out until you can put it, ne- if it's a negative or not, but for the whole thing to play out... Like, it's only over when you're dead. So it's just like... That's right. Yeah, exactly. You don't know how it's going to go. And most times when something you think really bad has happened, there's normally the positive to attach to that. Then it might take... How, like, how long do you reckon that took before that flip from, like, you realized, oh, that might have been one of the best things that could have happened? Like, from when it happened, from obviously the negative of, like, my life's done or, like, the dreams has gone to now, you're like, I'm, I love what I get to do.
1: I th- There was a moment... This, I, this might sound bad. There was a moment where I, like, bumped into a, an idol... And I won't say any names, but I met him at Crankworks and I was like, oh, this legend, like free ride legend. And then I like met him and he was just like kind of struggling still with like financially and things like that. So, and then I realized I was like, I'm actually doing okay. Like, I still ride my bike every day. I get to coach, I'm in all my favorite places. Yeah. It probably has like a little bit more job security and waste because it's not as dangerous. Yeah. So I was like, I was actually like in that moment. I was, I was like, oh, this is pretty sick, actually. Yeah. And I wasn't feeling like I lost out on something and more feeling like I, I ended up with something different but yeah, just as cool. Just
0: as good, yeah. Yeah. Now, the, the coaching thing's a cool thing, especially when you really see someone, I guess, taking on board what you're saying and, like, progressing. Like, that's my biggest thing whenever I help a young kid or something. And you almost – you'll be – I guess you get this all the time. You will tell them something – and it almost seems like it's just going straight over their head, but then when they actually use it and you see it, you're like, "Oh no, they actually they got it all." They might have just looked like it blew past them, but they actually picked up on yeah. it. And I'd say you get that a lot when you're when you're doing coaching. Totally, that and
1: and less it on a bike and more just on people, people stuff. That young people today have such a crazy thing like waters to swim through. You know that if they can attach a bit of identity to mountain biking and something positive like that, they benefit so much because of the skills that you learn and get associated with from you know failing at a race or learning some hard lessons but positive lessons through sport are going to help them deal with way worse stuff down the track and i think that's bit that was always the biggest thing for me it was like you're just coaching a person and the better they can be at a being a person, the better they're going to be
0: as an athlete. Yeah. So then it all comes out good in the end. It's all relatable, hey. Yeah, Everyone totally. thinks it's like you have got to focus so hard on the racing to like become a better racer, but it's just like you just need to become a better person. 100% and, then, and, it'll, and it's, a, it's such a crossover, hey. Yeah. It's, totally. It's funny when you have the analogy to racing and then you just have that to life as well. It's just like and then when that it kind of clicks and you're like, "Oh, no, that just works for both things." Yeah. Uh, 100% cool. 100%. When you were coaching, how many like kids do you normally take out?
1: I would do so I would have a program that would run a year at a time. So oh, really? I was super lucky. I did a bit of like private coaching as well with, you know, whoever booked it in. But I'd have like eight, eight-ish, six to eight kids who just sign up for a year. And I would do like all their dry line training in the winter. Um, we'd do some sports psychology and nutrition and that kind of thing, and then go to all the races and do training on bike throughout the season as well. yeah, so that was what was sick was that they were I got to know the kids and the families, and like some of them I coached for like, almost 10 years really for, in a row so like just like a bunch of little brothers pretty much
0: see that's cool that's, that's cool because I, I had no idea that you did that but that's something like i really am interested in getting well i kind of do it now to a certain extent but it's one of those things i'm, I'm a bit nervous about over committing to it just because of where i'm at in my racing career but yep. it's something that i get so much joy out of just like seeing someone progress and like actually being able to, to help someone in those aspects and like I say with mental coaching with physical with actual line choice and everything like when i walk the track it's funny, it was funny. I, was, I keep telling people, when I'm at the race, I become the old guy really quick and then I become the young guy really quick as well just because of the different groups I hang out with. Yeah, yeah. But like r- I walk on the track with the young kids and it's just just showing them a line they might not think about or something like that. And it's just funny how it's like it's so second nature to you but then you tell the kids and they're like, oh, it's like the light bulb moment. Just, and, totally. And to have that is like – and I, I get such a joy out of that because it's, like, it's taken me over 10 years to get that. So it's like if I can shorten their, their learning by – like you can do it by years like if you've got a good mentor or coach or anything you can I guess that's where how progression works so well because you can just shorten their, their learning curve so it might take them a year to learn what you took five to learn so
1: totally and I found as well for my own riding obviously not on the same level as you at all but I found that actually took my riding to a next level because I was taking the time to understand more deeply so i was like okay i really understand about how to corner so that i can relay this information clearly to these kids (laughs) so like i'm gonna test everything on myself and like all the gym programs and all that like mental stuff i was like i'll try it if it works for me then i'll pass it along um so i found just paying attention to it heaps more yeah you're you yeah gaining and gaining have you ever
0: done the thing where like you've you're telling a kid to do something or like you should do this and it's the right thing to do. But then you're like, oh, shit, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And it's just like that's what I've done a few times where like I'll be, I'll be helping a kid out and I'll be like, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that. And it's the right thing to do, but I'm like, oh. I'm actually not doing that. (laughs) I've gotten a bit lazy there, which is, and then I'm like, it keeps me in check because I'm like, I don't want to tell someone to do something that I'm not doing, even if it is the right thing. Like, even if it's like everyone agrees, yeah, he should be doing that, but who am I to say you should do that? And and like, I guess obviously it's different if I was the coach and not the actual athlete because I'm still the athlete and the coach. It's just like, well, I better like live by example, pretty much. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's so important
1: to lead by example in that in that way. I got my thing was always like, I'm never going to ask you guys to do something I'm not prepared to do. So yeah. if I was like making them run sprints up gross hills in the sun, I'm like, I'll do with you. Yeah. I might not beat you. I'm going to try to, but then at least they know and they're filled with that assurance that you're like, yeah, we're in this together, mm. you know, which builds like an awesome camaraderie. But also, y- you know that <laughs> you're not doing something ridiculous as a coach as well. Like yeah. checking yourself as a coach, not be silly. Yeah. Yeah. But, Cause exactly. that, that always drives me crazy. I used to work at the like the Canadian sport institute at home. And there would be some coaches who were just, like, sat down on a chair, like, overweight in a Hawaiian shirt while they're, like, athletes are... killing themselves being yeah. like another one, another yeah. one. And so you're like, it's like, well, like well, keyboard what are you doing keyboard then?
0: warriors almost, yeah. Yeah, like old school keyboard yeah. warrior. Yeah. It's like yeah. so painful It's like run another sprint and it's just like you run a sprint and it's just yeah back in the day I was stand like up eight. quickly yeah. <laughs> and then tell
1: me to run a sprint too <laughs> like this out of control. <laughs> don't,
0: don't lose your breath on a flight of stairs. That's right. Oh that's crazy yeah. do you have a um did you have like a, a really good mentor or person that you I guess kind of helped you in in either like the free ride stuff or in, even when you got into coaching was there Person that stood out in your mind that helped you kind of progress.
1: Good question. Um, in terms of the furad stuff, I probably could have used a good mentor. It probably would have went a little better than it did. <laughs> just don't um, winging it. it. <laughs> um, but yeah. don't
0: flip the wooden stepper. <laughs>
1: that's right. Like, hey man, maybe just try to qualify for finals first, and then, or like, watch the other runs before <laughs> no, 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 just no, committing. No, no. <laughs> But that, like that, is a perfect example of a moment where you, like, as a coach, you take advantage of small advice. But like, I really could have used some obvious advice in that yeah. instance, yeah. and I wouldn't have done something dumb. Um, but in terms of the coaching stuff, like, I used to work for a guy named Paul Howard, and he he was awesome because he just had such a good sense of. Um, like, the pedagogy or, like, how to teach how to teach. So you really broke that down for me and kind of opened my eyes to another level of how you can learn the science of teaching. Um, And then, and again, now, like, Frenchie in a business world is the same. Like, just his his amount of go that he has to put into these projects, it, it just raises your barometer for what you know you can do and what you're capable of yeah so those two people for sure um probably there's others i'm just forgetting
0: in the the instance because it is a tricky thing like i i can ride a bike quite well but i wouldn't say i'm the best like i don't i wouldn't be the best coach like there's a lot of people that would be able to coach better than me but can't ride as good as me i think we get we get lost in this thing it's like oh you're a good rider then you'll be a good coach and it's like no that they don't line up like that like even sometimes people will ask me, they're like, oh, how do you do that? And I'll almost be like, I don't know. <laughs> like totally. There's things that just happen and I'm just like, I guess it's just experience and like just time doing it. But then when I guess, like you said, when you break it down and tell a younger kid, then you've actually got to debunk what you're doing and kind of like yeah. break it down and look at it. And then I guess that becomes a better rider because you're like, oh, I'll just do that better in a way. So Totally.
1: Well, if you think about it, it almost, like on the other side of the coin, like if you're really good at something, like you're really good at riding a bike so you don't have to think about it very much because well, you're really good yeah, at it and you're, you're talented at it. Have so. you heard
0: the, the four different um, modes of consciousness? No. It's just like, I, I'm going to probably mess this up, but there's there's you can be unconsciously unconscious, so you don't know that you don't know. Yep. And then there's consciously unconscious, so you know you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then there's, what is it? Un- no, what is it? Consciously unconscious. Consciously unconscious. So it's just like, oh, shit. I know. I should like being aware of your unconscious yeah. behaviors. and then there's unconsciously uncon- no, consciously, no. consciously conscious. <laughs> no, it's unconsciously conscious. So it's like, oh shit, I don't know that I don't like. No, I, I know don't. that I don't know. No, it's like well, it's oh, sorry I messed mess that up. But <laughs> it's like the whole thing. It's just like when play. I when I race uh, do a downhill run, I don't think about what I do. It just happens. Yeah. So, I'm unconsciously conscious. Yes. Of what's happening,
1: you're aware that you don't know what what you're doing in that moment. Yeah, in
0: that moment, it just happens. So it's like if you want to get good at something, find someone who's unconsciously conscious at that thing, and mm-hmm. then latch onto them. Yeah. But then it's just like trying to get them to explain that is sometimes can be tricky. But
1: for sure, because it's unconscious. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because <laughs> like I always talk to people, it's just like when you get into that mode, and I always talk about it. Everyone's probably going to hate me for bringing it up again, but like the whole flow state thing comes into play where you just like you yeah. don't you don't know what's happening. You're almost in this different. I don't know, whatever you call it, world of, like, time, mm. um, consciousness, everything, and it's just, like, it's a cool bubble to get into. But it's the best. That's yeah. why we
1: all do what we do. Hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's some amazing books about that, and, like, um, it's, like, oh, something.
0: Right, wow. Rise of Man. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. one of them, and there's another one about, like, all the entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley and yeah. getting involved with, like, addicted to finding it, and that's yeah. why they're all, like, surfers, hand gliders, skydivers yeah. at the same time because yeah. being able to simulate that state is what makes them so
0: successful that's in their what, yeah. business as well. I was thinking about this and I brought up the other day when I talked to Josh. It's like I find the flow state's almost like that's the goal. Like it's not... We look at just, say, getting in the flow state to win the race and you look at the winning the race as the goal. I look at the flow state to win the race is the goal almost because I'm like that's a feeling that's like undescribable to anything. Yes. But it's just like you need almost like the the thing to catch, like, the rabbit to catch to, like, to get to that state. Yeah. But it's just, like, I I don't know, I find that if I can get into that state, it almost, I don't care about the end result because I'm, like, that's what I'll, it's, like, it's just what that hit, that hit of, like, it's, like, dopamine, it's all these things, and it's, like, it's undescribable really, and there's, like, not very many things that bring that out of you. So if you can find something that brings it out of you, go after it and make it happen, but, yeah.
1: For sure, and that's where you start talking about, like, well, what is success? Obviously, in racing, success is winning the race, but... In life, is winning the race success? Like, if you're still angry and not feeling very good, even though you won the race, like, then mm-hmm. I would say probably not. <laughs> like, yeah. But if you gave fourth and you're stoked, and some people are like, no, you're stupid. That's dumb. Yeah. Winning the race is winning the race, yeah. and that's yeah. winning. But if you can feel stoked and happy and fulfilled with what you did and by achieving that, say, for example, that flow state, then sick. That's like, it. that's where I've been at with like work and life lately is yeah, just like, sweet feeling, feeling fulfilled by. You know, say you just had, like, a rad conversation with someone who's having a tough day and, like, one of your staff or something. Like, that's the best. P- pumping them up. Yeah. yeah, and then you leave just, like, sweet. I-, I was, like, flow state at work today with my communication between yeah. the teams. Yeah, you just like get going. Whatever yeah, it is, yeah. it can still trigger that same feeling.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think my new thing for success is, like, not so much a result or whatever, but it's just, like, bringing out my be- the best version of myself in whatever I do. And that's why I think I like the podcasting so much because I think it does... Like I, I don't know what for what reason when I put it on the headphones and start talking to people in this setting, I, I don't know. I just it just seems to flow differently. Like I, I change in a good way, Mm. and that's like when I ride my bike and I get into that state. Like I, I don't know how it happens, but it it happens, and I bring out a better self. So I'm like that to me now is the goal, just to bring out the better version of myself. And if riding mountain bikes or doing podcasts or whatever does that, well, that's kind of the that's that's you winning then. You're doing you're doing a good job. And it's like it's like the whole thing. If I put out this podcast and not as many people listen to it as I would have hoped. That's my bad, sorry. Does that that make it, like, that shouldn't make it a negative. That should just, like, but people attach that. It's just like, if I do my race and don't get the position, yeah, it's like I could have done better, but if I got that flow state and felt like I rode my best, I I won. In my head, I won. It's just like I didn't win the race, but I won the experience of the whole weekend, everything else. Even today, like, last, like, Enduro especially, like, I had such a good time. Like, I didn't win the race, I got six, but I was still, like, I wouldn't change. Like, I was happy, I had a good time, yeah. hung out with my buddies, got to ride new tracks. It was, like, it was just a good day. So, if, like, but someone else, I guess, or even myself could look at that and be like, oh, I got six, that's that's, that's not a win, yeah. whatever. And they could just straight away put a negative onto it. Yeah. But, like you said, if you can get in that thing where it's just, like, having a good time no matter what it's doing. And do you feel, do you feel like you get, and you're getting better at that with just, like... I guess with being more of a team leader and doing all that, you kind of, and even just reading people, I guess you'd probably be good at that by now. Just like seeing what people need and what people don't need backing off and coming in kind of thing.
1: Yeah, hopefully. And look that, I think it's almost goes back to your unconscious, conscious stuff (laughs) where it's like, I've completely, the more, you know, the more you don't know. Like, yeah, Every time you have an interaction with somebody, you realize that people are really complicated. And, (laughs) like, one person, something that worked for one person on one day in one situation won't work for that same person tomorrow in a different situation or even the same situation because they might be having trouble at home or didn't sleep well or have a headache or whatever. So it's a constant challenge, and I think that's what I love about all this stuff, events, everything, is just that it's it's the same. Like, if you can what's the, the like old cartoon where it's like oh I love it when a good plan comes together yeah. it's like that like you make these crazy plans and every time we like seem to one up it and now it's bigger and crazier and we're like alright let's see if we let's can pull go. it yeah, off yeah. and it's exciting it's just always regression yeah, yeah yeah so it's fun and that's like this, exactly what you're talking about like sometimes it doesn't go great <laughs> and you're like whoo <laughs> <laughs> scraped through that one but that was a bit sketchy but
0: that's, that's the whole point as well like living on that edge of just like it, this might not work out and there's a real possibility it might not work out but that—if you knew everything was going to work smoothly, you probably wouldn't do it. Well, that's exactly right. I was like joking with
1: Frenchy earlier uh, today, or like early in the week, and I was like, "Man, I think we're doing good." Because I like made it through the whole night without like waking up and panicking and writing something on my notepad <laughs> yeah. next to my bed. That's like, don't forget to organize crowd control barriers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. something silly, but you're like, yeah. "Oh god!" Yeah. I remembered in my subconscious. Remembered. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. How many things are down that notepad? <laughs> dude it's books now at <laughs> <my> <laughs> like I, sh- I should show you actually it's like literally like pages and pages oh. of stuff <laughs> just did that bunk that all yeah but yeah. brain dump
0: you get it out and then you feel so much better afterwards. oh I know yeah write it down get yeah. it out there yeah yeah now nah, awesome well thanks for sitting down man dude got, thanks good, for having got me got a bit of a chat trying, yeah. uh, trying to even do another one go a bit deeper in the, the back flip onto the wood and see what happens but <laughs> <Sounds> yeah fine <laughs> yeah, see what we do awesome dude cheers right. cheers man thank you How easy as that